Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Obsession Sessions. My name is Layla. And my name is Dipti. Hi, guys. Hey, guys. It's America's favorite podcast about broadcast, <laughs> The Obsession Sessions. Podcast about broadcast. Uh, yeah, podcast about broadcast. I'm going to uh, try and make that into our slogan. Yeah, uh, but this it. week, we're talking about girls, which I typically hate watch. But this season, I actually really, really loved. Layla, did you, do you hate watch? Have you hate watched it from season one all the way through? Um, I think I curious watched season one and then hate watch seasons two through four. Four. Now, did you... But, but not with the vitriol hate that I watched uh, Newsroom, for example. Because okay. I really did not like that show. And I did hate watch that towards the end. Now, did you... I'm surprised that you even curious watched Girls because you famously, meaning between me and our uh, serially obsessed co-host Daisy, you don't, you never watched Sex in the City. So why would you curious watch Girls even from the get-go since it was like the millennial Sex in the City at first it was touted as? Oh, um, probably because I think the reason why I never watched Sex in the City was because it was just like, oh, rich ladies. And not to say that the girls' girls are poor, but I think because their ages were closer and not just... It just seemed like they were less obsessed about shoes, and I was like, oh, I might be able uh, to get on board with this. Less obsessed um, which about I, shoes. Which, yeah. It's so yeah. true. They were so um, obsessed which, about which, shoes. Which I realized, like, oh, maybe that's, like, the wrong, you know... That's the wrong way to play it, but I, I think that's what my mind went to. It's like, oh, I don't understand this Manolo Balonic love. I see I even mispronounced it. Right, you, know? you did. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to give you my background with Sex and the City very briefly, and it's just that I started watching it from its first season. I was just out of college, my first real job. I was living in D.C., away from home in Chicago, and this show came on HBO, and I was like, what is this? It was so groundbreaking to me because I had never seen a show with female conversations like this. First of all, they seemed so much older to me, and they were, but because I was only like 22 at the time, but I really, right. I really like Sex in the City, so... Even though I hate all those women's, those characters individually. All that said, I love Sex in the City. It's like comfort TV to me. So when girls came on, it, it's weird. In that regard, they were all way too young for me. But I still was definitely going to watch it. So I was like really excited when girls was going to start. Though I just didn't quite get it. I'm like, how can it be as good as Sex in the City? And then, right. And then I absolutely loved it until oh so you weren't you weren't really hate watching no. i mean i remember the first season i was sort of like oh this is like an interesting thing there's like a couple of weird things about well, it i'm not really in yeah. love with any of these characters i think that they're really like they're infuriating jerky. yeah they're infuriating but then i was like oh no but i think i get it i mean they're young and they don't really know what they're doing yet so they're still sort of in that return to id that happens i think when you like 
in your like post-college years where you're like, I'm an adult now and I'm doing adult things. I'm like alone for the first time, but like not within the confines of a college campus. And you're still like open to doing dumb things. They're the age when I was, when I started watching Sex in the City, actually, you know? So I remember feeling like that or feeling kind of lost. The difference being that when I was that age, you weren't allowed to whine and bitch about it the way these privileged girls are. Like everyone just seemed already successful and everyone had a great job straight out of college and you felt like a loser if you didn't. And, you know, I mean, granted, I wasn't right. steeped in the creative world, but um, I was going to say, I was like, I don't know. I feel like that might just be very specific to your experience. Yeah, because I was like, a, not necessarily mine. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was like a management consultant. And then I ended up going to law school. So I guess it was a very and everyone was working at an investment bank or something. So like, it just seemed like everyone had their their shit together, even though I don't know, but I still or they were at least like on a path like they weren't doing. Yeah, the whole like, who do I want to be? Where and, do I want to be? Right. And meanwhile, eventually, a lot of them did ultimately think oh my god is this what i want to be but the ultimate point of my bringing all that up is i still can relate to the general notion of what these girls are talking about you know i mean i think that they're total spoiled brats and stuff but um but i'm still like yeah i remember being 23 24 25 and thinking this is it or wait what and being so confused it's just it was just a different brand or different, it was confusion in kind of like a different place because I wasn't in a creative world. I just appreciated a creative world, I suppose. Anyways, because of all that, I liked watching girls the first few seasons. But by season four, over the course of all the seasons, yeah, I found Lena Dunham's character um, insufferable a lot and everything. But it got, it was I mean, worse. I think that's why I hate watched it throughout because right. I was just like oh here's like Lena Dunham's character season one like she's kind of annoying they're all annoying but I felt like she was kind of the it was like between right. her and Marnie were like the worst ones and so it was like a lot of hate watching for me yeah. like in between seasons yeah I, I mean I, I definitely hate watch certain storylines I guess but overall, I still liked it. But by the time season four rolled around, I was like, game over. I am officially hate watching this. And so, but I was still excited when season five came on. And so, sounds like you, I was blown away. I could not believe it after all that I had been through with girls that I'm like, was on board, even though just like with Sex in the City, I didn't relate fully, but I was compelled by certain storylines on some level. But then season five came and I don't know. It's like you finally found some growth in them. Uh, right. It wasn't just shock for shock value. I mean, that definitely still happened and we can get into that for season five stuff. But um, yeah. But overall, I loved season five so, so, so yeah, much. I thought so, too, because I felt like this was like their big this is like their big growth season. And I thought a lot of the stories this season were actually really interesting. Like, I personally really like... I mean, I always really liked Shoshana's character, probably yeah. because she was, like, I always the liked most... Her. Yeah, probably because she was, like, the most comic relief of the group, right? Well, you know what and it so, is, I think? She wasn't... Um, everybody else had a haughtiness about them, as insecure as they were, 
But Shoshana's character, like, was way more, uh, like, aware that she was, and, like, accepting that she had no clue what was going on. Whereas the other girls were, on a theoretical level, I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to act out in all these ways. And Shoshana was just more endearing than the rest of them. The rest of them were, like, so abrasive. I liked her character so much. I kind of felt that she was the comic relief at least between her and uh oh god andrew andrew what's his name's character andrew reynolds up, or Elijah. yeah andrew reynolds character but it's like between the two of them it's like oh my god okay good yeah. i need some humor in this because otherwise these are just like women that are doing these like really annoying things right and look i get it i get that there are like a million and one think pieces about why do we love larry david and not lena dunham and like Mm -hmm. blah 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 and it's just the answer to that is i don't know am i have i fallen for the patriarchy guys maybe i am not without fault you know uh why do i enjoy why do i enjoy larry david acting like a total dick but then lena dunham's hannah character acts like an asshole and i'm just like i don't like her she's terrible (laughs) you know it's a good question um and i and i would postulate that the reason for at least personally for me is that girls is just not written as funny as curb curb thank you um i don't you know i don't i feel uncomfortable even thinking about answering that question of why I love Larry David, but I find Lena Dunham annoying. I want to, I don't want to pit it as man against woman. I think that just is. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I think personally, it's not like a dude versus lady thing. I just think that like, for me, Curb is more. It's funny. This Curb is more like, oh, this is a comedy. Like, and it's not to say that girls isn't funny. There are parts of yeah, girls it's really that are, funny. It's very funny. But it's funny. a dramedy. It's a half hour but dramedy. I think it's more dramedy than comedy to me. And so. Like, there's nothing serious about Curb. It is 100% not to be taken seriously. And girls is 50% supposed to be taken seriously. Like, I mean, as, as like real right, life stuff, right. you know? So that's apples and oranges to me. I mean, I. And there's been articles on this, too, about a lot of criticism against Hannah Horvath's characters that people think this is all totally autobiographical, which it partly is. But it was she said this a lot like it was her a few years ago every time she's writing a new season, though, like she's grown as a person, which you can tell when you see the behind the scenes at the end of every episode, because she'll be talking so well and intelligently about the episode and how awful Hannah is or how awful Marnie is or this or that. And it's like, oh, you are aware that it's so horrible. Like, you're in on it. So it's interesting, Dip, that you bring up the behind the scenes because I don't typically watch the behind the scenes stuff on, on HBO for a lot of other shows that I watch on HBO. I don't watch it for Game of Thrones. I don't watch it for Togetherness, RIP Togetherness. Um, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't, but I do watch it kind of specifically for girls. And I feel like the reason is twofold. Reason number one, I feel like I enjoy watching Lena Dunham sell me a little bit more Uh, on the show. uh I feel like she's almost like pitching her idea. I'm like, oh, cause I'll, 
I feel like a lot of times I end up watching the episode and I'm like, eh, all right, I guess the show is still okay. It's like entertaining or whatever. And then I'll watch the behind the scenes and I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah, I see it's smarter than I'm giving it credit. for. Uh, But I think it's literally because she's like pitching me. You know what I mean? She's like, oh, this is what I meant by my art. And I'm like, oh, I see. Like the tampon in the cup means like the matriarchy (laughs) or whatever. I get it. As opposed to like, this is like garbage art, you know? And I almost wonder if the reason that I liked this season so much was because I was so vigilant about watching the behind the scenes little chats. Interesting. I mean, yeah, they were only three or four minutes. They really made a difference. They're they're really short. Yeah. They really made a difference. And um, I don't know. I my problem with Lena Dunham is. But, like, she redeemed herself. So I'm going to say it first. Okay, a year ago, over a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, I read her memoir, which I honestly think a 25, 26-year-old has no right to write a memoir. But, okay, whatever. You're not, like, a Syrian refugee or something. But And I don't buy Mm -hmm. into any of this stuff that, oh, she's privileged, like, her parents were rich. It's like, no, she still made tiny furniture. She studied all this stuff. She... You don't just get a deal with HBO because your mom's an artist. Like, I laud her for all her accomplishments and hard work. Did she come from a place where it was more plausible? Maybe, but that doesn't mean you haven't, that makes it happen, you know? Right. So, yeah. So that said, I read her book. I was really excited to read her memoir. And it was so insufferable. And it was before season four started and it just made me hate season four that much more i was just like you make mountains out of molehills and now i'm watching your show differently because you actually think these are big deals that a guy didn't want to have sex with you in college once like shut up like i understand that's kind of funny as like an anecdote but you can kind of tell in her book she's not being funny like she really means it like not to take away from someone's pain from something like that, like when you're 19 years old or whatever. Even when you're 40 years old, it can suck, right? But Sure. But so I was just on this hate train after that, and I was such an avid supporter of her. And then these behind the scenes in season five, I'm like, oh, you're not as awful as I thought. Like, you are aware <laughs> right. that these... Like, you are not literally Hannah Horvath. You're like, not... you are your own... Yeah. You, I mean, it might be, like, semi-autobiographical, right. but it's not... You're not her. You're not entirely. fully her, or even if you used to be her, at least you can laugh at it. Because how do you write... You're either your writers and or you wrote Ray, and Layla, we've talked about this. Like, we think Ray is, like, the 30-something-year-old voice that's, like... Shut up, all you stupid millennials. Like, you guys are insufferable. Although, I will say this, though. I also find Ray to be insufferable. I don't, I honestly He is in his own right, yeah. I don't like, I literally don't like anybody on the show, and yet I I watch it. I wanted to ask you what your thoughts on Ray are, because I like that his voice is, millennials are so annoying because, uh, well... We might have some millennial listeners, so whatever. Everyone has their own thing at their own times in life. But I love that aspect about him, but I would never want to be friends with Ray. 
I would find yeah, them completely unenjoyable. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the same thing that makes me really angry about the conversations where people are like, oh, hipsters are annoying or like millennials are this way and the other thing. It's like, oh, this is literally just like garbage. Like when I was your age, I walked up the hill backwards with snow boots on. And like, <laughs> it's just that's like the equivalent of that to me. And it's yeah. just like, ugh, everybody shut up, like allow people to live their lives and yeah. like. The way the generation before you grew up, even by a split of like four years, their experience is different and it doesn't make it good and it doesn't make it bad. It just makes it different. So who cares? Like, who cares if I grew like you up find that boring. and loving? I find it boring and I also find it insufferable. I hate when people are like, ew, the kids these days grew up listening to Taylor Swift when like real music has stopped in like 1995 <laughs> with Pearl Jam. It's like... Oh, give me a break. Like Pearl Jam is not the be all end all of music. And well, like, no. who cares if people are like super into pop music now? Whatever. Who you cares? Know, let the people live. You know what um, our listeners should do? They <laughs> should take a drink every time you say the word insufferable because they will be drunk by now. <laughs> we need to like stop <laughs> using that word. <laughs> we should do a counter of how many times we're... Yeah. Here's the thing, though. <laughs> I think it's almost impossible to talk about girls and not say the word insufferable. Yeah. Because... It's true. It's just... It's true. It's, they, it's, it's... How can I have... How can I like a show so much where I find everybody so completely insufferable except for Shoshana? And Shoshana, I just think, is adorable because she's just so young. I don't know. It's interesting. I think it's interesting. And I ask myself that all the time. But I, I will also say this. I ask myself that all the time whenever I'm watching my housewives. And I still sit around and I love it. I just, you know, like... I'm just like, look at these like very hateable bitches doing stupid stuff. And I will watch marathons of it, you know. But overall, season five to me was that to me, like even starting with someone who I thought was like completely out to lunch, like Jessa, where she's like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to be a psychologist, which no offense to psychologists out there or like social workers or whatever. But I was like, of course, Jessa would become a psychologist. It it seems to make the most sense that she would be like, I want to be a counselor. I'm like, you're literally the most messed up. So, yes. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You like that shitty British accent I did for you? Um, Uh, Yeah. Of course, you're going to be like the counselor one. Like the most messed up one is the one that wants to fix other people. But so, yeah, so I thought that was really interesting. I like that they finally paired her up with Adam, which I was like, okay, the most <laughs> the most hateful people on the show are now boning each other. Cool, cool, cool. Um, I absolutely I thought- hated every storyline Jessa has ever had up until season five, like to the point where if it was like a scene with her, I wanted to plug my ears. I just, I hated her character so much. I hated every plot that she was involved in. And then season five hit, and I absolutely loved this love affair with Adam. Yeah, I was kind of into it too. I mean, it was so, I was so messed up and kind of interesting that I found it enjoyable to watch. I also thought, but I also really enjoyed the fact that Jessa had a really hard time allowing herself to fall in love because 
because of Hannah. Oh, like Hannah loyalty. To me, it was, I think, a little bit surprising, but not entirely surprising because I just figured that she would be like, whatever, Jessa does Jessa and doesn't worry about anybody else. Right. Um, And she did worry, even though... And she did worry. And I think that was part of like her little growth thing. Yeah. I feel like if this was a if this was a Jessa storyline in season two, mm-hmm. like, you know, Jessa wouldn't give a fuck. Like, at least I think so. Right. That she'd just be like, yeah, cool, I'm boning Adam. See you later. Mm-hmm. I'm going to like Zimbabwe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I think even the character Jessa knew that season two character Jessa would have thought like that because remember the beginning when Adam's trying to get her and she's like uh uh-uh. uh and she's like you and I both know that like we would murder each other so she's like this ain't happening like she knew that her default is to just shit on anything kind of remotely decent in her life or like to shit on any love she gets from anyone um so I think that she knew that it was I don't know, but then that was her growth, and then she allowed it to happen, and I just thought, like, that scene in that episode where Hannah finds out, like, figures it out during the play, and afterwards, Jessa and Adam walk away together, and you see Jessa kind of turn around and then, like, not turn around. Oh, I know. It was kind of heartbreaking. No, my heart. It was heartbreaking. was shattering. I have not had a situation exactly like that, but I've had a friend be really, really awful in a similar regard and people feeling really guilty and me just like, like it broke my heart as losing like my best friend, like how or one of my best friends, um, or a close friend at the time. Um, but, like, just, like, how... She's basically not even a friend. You're like, I, she was an acquaintance I don't at want that to period of time. I don't want to I remember bestie. that it was August of 1994. <laughs> Actually. No, but um, just I just remember a feeling of just, like, who cares about a dude? But, like, the betrayal by one of, like, someone that you consider... Like, some, that someone would lie to you. Basically, it's about a lie. And I, it was like I relived that like right. brief yeah. moment in my life where I was like, oh, yeah, I remember feeling like I was punched in the stomach by a good friend who I know didn't mean to do something crappy to me, but chose to do it anyways. And I was like, oh, my God, I completely forgot about that. My situation was totally like, I mean, it was different, but similar. And yeah. um. It's just, I don't know. It was the way Lena Dunham portrayed it that just struck me and almost took the breath out of me because I, it, it, it's the worst when you lose like a girl best friend, you know, um, and just like the lies and deceit and it's such a thing that can happen in your twenties and thirties too. You know, I mean, it can happen your whole life, I guess, but um, just that sadness, you know, that oh, people can be shitty. Yeah, well, the thing is, like, it's so hard, right? Because I don't know that Jessa was necessarily being shitty, right? Like, I it's hard for me to quantify her behavior as shitty behavior. Do I think it was shitty that she kind of kept it under wraps for so long? Maybe, but I think as, a, like, as a, for her character, I think she was probably just doing it because she thought it was really going to mess up 
Hannah really bad. And so, but I also feel like, oh, God, like, do you deny yourself the possibility right. of, of I, being in a relationship just because? Right. And I agree, you know, like, you can't not. And that's how you meet people, et cetera, et cetera. So it's just like a hard situation. And like, if you look at it, it's like, Jessa should have been with Adam. But it doesn't mean that it doesn't suck for Hannah to just like see. Oh, no, of course. You know, and it's of just course. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but like, I think what the show did this season and building up to the tension where Hannah like finds out and you see just as internal struggle with it all and Adam being like, I don't even want to discuss it. Just the complication around it is no one's right and no one's wrong. And I thought that they executed that whole internal turmoil and dilemma really well. And, yeah. and showed how every person was affected, how every person justified how they felt. And then in the end, Hannah was like, I can't. So what? Like, I have to move, you know, like that's I don't own anyone, you know. Um, yeah, I thought that was like a really great storyline. Another storyline that I absolutely loved that I didn't. I think we maybe should have done this in the beginning, but I'm like now that I'm thinking about it, my top storylines in order for this particular season uh, was Shoshana's Japan like encounter I thought god what a beautiful episode that was ah and with that amazing like Bowie cover closing that was like such a great episode um I thought that the that the other storyline that I really super liked which I was surprised about because I hate Marnie so much but I really liked Marnie's Central Park story I thought that was really great that's the best thing that that happened this season yeah that was like number two on my list for sure uh, and then, of course, like, I'll, I'll put Jessa at three. And then, of course, Hannah, because it happened at the end, will be four. Oh, but I will also say that Andrew's little mini story Ugh. arc that happened towards the end was also beautiful. And I will actually, I will put that up on at, at number three. So I rearrange loved, the yeah. bottom half of my list, you guys. I loved Elijah's story. And you know what I also loved is... um how they just showed him just straight up being sad. And it's just like, it just sucks when you quote lose or whatever, you know, when like someone just doesn't want to be with you and you're like, wow, like there is literally nothing I can do about this. Right. And right. I just, and it's, and it was like so sad, particularly for him. Cause I think he played himself out to be this character. Who's like, whatever. I'm very lackadaisical uh-huh. about love. I'm easy breezy. And then you meet someone that you really care about. And it's like, oh shit. No, just kidding. Like I, I want to be serious with someone. And I think, um, I felt like I kind of really resonated with that. Right. You actually this. all of a sudden give someone a chance, which. Yeah. And you're like, I'm very yeah. ready to be vulnerable and I'm very ready to do all of these things. And just. And then just. God, just that. Get said basically uh, no to. It just hurts really bad. <laughs> I mean, that scene oh, uh, that Elijah. This was in the. I Yeah, this was in the finale where Elijah finally goes to his to his lover's like. News workplace because yeah. he's yeah because he's like a famous uh, news celebrity who was was that supposed to be based kind of like an Andrew on an Anderson Cooper thing because that's my postulation oh. although honestly I, don't necessarily I was thinking know that more that's true, but. I was thinking more of a pet Kiernan like a kind of a local New York celebrity oh he okay the level of sure Anderson sure sure Cooper yeah 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 that were like where, like, he walks down the street and every single human being, like, 
It, right, you know? right, right, right. Nope, I buy that. I yeah, I retract my. Anderson oh, if you're Cooper not from thing, New York, you're right. Pat Kiernan, that's his name, right? There's this channel called New York One, and everybody gets mm-hmm. it, and he's like just the like beloved host on the show that everybody right knows just think of off. like your favorite hometown anchor man yeah. but he is for like but just like all for local yeah yeah like your local anchor man kind of guy but yeah i got so he goes down to like the newsroom and he's like i need to speak to you and they have that whole conversation and then he realizes that oh yeah i do also want to be in love but not with you and then just watching Elijah trying to keep a straight face and like Ugh. not show that he's crying and then just weeping on the inside, just being so brokenhearted. I was, ooh, child, I'm about to start crying. Yeah. Like, get me the tissues. It was, this is what a moment. Hard. It was, I don't know. There was just so much about this season that I was like, we've all had these feelings at some point in our life of some, whether it's like, it doesn't have to do with a guy and a girl rejecting, but it's just like, rejection and life rejection, rejection and in people general, rejection yeah. and job rejection right. and like um like shoshana had job rejection there was just like rejection on all sorts rejection by your best friend who decided that she's just gonna go with somebody else choosing to be with that person over you you know like yeah. and just you know rejection never stops yeah i mean there is you kind of nailed it on the head I think rejection is a really big part of this season whether people are being rejected or rejecting something right like Jessa rejected Hannah Jessa kind of rejected Hannah although they kind of like you know it seemingly made amends towards the end we'll see what happens in season six but yeah like I mean you see Shoshana she's in Japan which was like literally like wow what like I seriously just really loved that episode um, it was great. She rejects her boyfriend when she doesn't show back up to New York. Yeah. Um, she decides to stick around in Japan for a little bit. In that case, kind of rejecting the confines of American culture and kind of discovering herself within the definitions of another culture. Coming back and, you know, rejecting all of these like previous notions that people had of Shoshana being sort of like really crazy but then kind of showing that hey you know what i'm really good at this marketing thing and i you know worth something i'm worth something and quite frankly take it or leave it like you don't like my tenacity but it works and right and well you know her storyline reminds me of that period of time and and again i think all these storylines repeat themselves in life at all ages but this is kind of showing them all sort of like going through it for the first time, you know, like in their mid 20s, where it seems like it's the end of the world for certain things or the beginning of the world. Um, right. Right. Like Shoshana, it was, it's like she felt worthless, like she lost her sense of worth, like she lost her sense of confidence and only she could like give it back to herself. Nobody else could tell her. You know, she couldn't hear it from the guy right. that she dumped. She like nobody could help her but herself and her realizing that. And a lot of this season just got it just reminded me of mid 20s. I mean, Lena Dunham can make these insufferable characters and stuff, but it's like sex in the city in the sense that you may not relate to them as a person per se, but these are all human experiences that I think were done well. And mm-hmm. I love it. 
in that regard. Not because I just think about myself, but I just love watching the story unfold. And I, as much as I don't like a lot of these characters or like certain aspects and don't like certain aspects, um, I care about them, which is a sign of a successful show. Even if, like, I mean, shitty characters, if you really hate a character, I think you've kind of done a great job as a writer and an actor if you're playing that character. So in that sense, I'm like, oh, it's great. I think that in season four, I stopped caring about them. In a lot of ways, I almost wonder if like as an audience, we haven't been like taken along for a ride to a long con where it's like, <laughs> what do you mean? great, we're going to give you, well, we're going to give you like four seasons of people oh. who you absolutely dislike. And then you're going to see an entire season of them kind of rising from the ashes and like discovering themselves and yeah and then like all of a sudden just breathe in new life oh yeah wait a minute the show isn't horrible and i actually really enjoy watching it wait Layla, i love in a lot of ways i love that you just characterized the entire show as a potential long con on us yeah i mean kind of i feel like it was like oh this like is like lost. a long con like i don't these are characters i'm not us. supposed to like but now i like them I see what you're saying, though. I want to talk to you about the Marnie episode, but at the same time, I don't really have that much to say other than, wow, it was incredible from beginning to end, like everybody else. I never expected that. Having Charlie come back was so unexpected, especially because, you know, like behind the scenes, he left on a bad note. And I read it in an interview with. Yeah, um, I was surprised. I was surprised. I did not expect to see him again because I did think that it was just sort of like, oh, deuces, I'm out, and then he just didn't yeah. come back. Well, you know, I read an interview with Allison Williams, and she basically said I didn't even ask him, like in real life, what happened. She's like, I didn't want to ruin the chemistry of filming the episode or whatever, and they just filmed it, and like she didn't ask. Any oh, that's questions. interesting. Yeah, but that yeah. I mean. Do you have anything particular to say besides it was a masterpiece of an episode? I thought it was really good because this is like the episode where Marnie finally sees herself in a mirror of like, yeah, of like what that's like, what what am I doing? I'm literally trying to like follow the footsteps of what I think is right as opposed to like stuff that I want to do and then. Even when I follow the path of things that I want to do, when she like runs into Charlie and she's, ooh, cool, let me follow this guy and like have this, you know, relapse of love or whatever. Mm -hmm. And even then it's, nope, this view is also distorted. Every aspect of the reality that she's building for herself is warped. And so much so that once she leaves Charlie's warehouse apartment, I think that as she's I mean, just the the notion of her walking through New York City streets barefoot, yeah, I think is like so symbolic of like restarting and uh, and just being bare to everything and just allowing stuff to happen so much so that once she arrives back to her apartment, she immediately like asks what's his face for a divorce, which I have to say, like. Is such a delight that he's <laughs> speaking of unsavory characters. Uh, oh God, what's his name? Des. Desi. Des. God. Ugh. Ugh. 
I hate that guy. I hate that guy so much. I hate him, but um, but it was a great addition. I thought to the show. It was yeah, yeah, was yeah. Of course, of course, hate. of course. He, I mean, like he played Des that was so well, so well. Right, yeah. it's true. And I think like Des was to Marnie what Elijah was to Hannah. It's like they needed something to like soften the blow of how ridiculously frustrating these characters yeah. were so it was nice to have somebody that's like oh you're also frustrating but like in a funnier way to just kind of like taper taper it down because I will say like once right. Elijah started showing up in the episodes I was like oh Hannah's like much more palatable whenever Elijah's around well actually I never found Elijah unpalatable I have always loved him yeah, I, I don't think that Elijah's unpalatable. I'm saying that Elijah and Desi, oh, you mean they kind of taper. Le- well, I mean, Desi's so unpalatable that he makes Marnie more palatable, I feel. But but Elijah is so wonderful. I don't think that he makes... The fact that he likes Hannah so much makes her more palatable, I guess, to me. Right, I think the fact that like Elijah calls Hannah on her shit 100% of the time... Yeah. Makes makes Hannah more palatable. Yeah, okay. Um, and then also... And so, like, I, I think, yeah. And it also harkens to what I was... Harkin. Why did I just say harkin? Um, but it also goes... Harkens back. It harkens back to what I was saying about, like, these behind-the-scenes moments with Lena Dunham, where it's like having someone like Des and Elijah and, to some extent, Ray there shows that she is way more self-aware than we sometimes give her credit for because the choices that these characters make sometimes are we just presume it's autobiographical when it isn't fully necessarily or that it's like she really truly believes it you know so i don't know those characters to me those three in particular just make me like lena dunham more because she's and her writers are responsible for that voice of being like, what the hell, you know? Like, you're so stupid. You're so annoying. Although I will say one thing about Marnie. I've never hated her character as much as everybody else has hated her. I mean, I never thought she was, like, fantastic. But I always found it funny that she was just this, like, bright-eyed, like, no, this will work out. And just so naive in her Almost like her lack of awareness of how not self-confident she was. I always kind of oh, thought really? it was funny. It's like you were watching a totally different show. Yeah, I think a lot of people would agree with you on that. But I just didn't hate her as much. I feel like Marnie was the... I, there's Like empty? I think Marnie to me was like... No, I... I mean, empty would be part of it. But I think the bigger th- issue that I always had with Marnie was just like... That she was just so self-righteous about who she was as a person when it was like, you're not allowed to be self-righteous about who you are when you don't know who you are. But that's, but I think that was funny. Like, I think that was the, I always kind of thought that was the point of Marnie. It's like, it's like that other thing of like, Lena Dunham writing this knows that that is annoying. And it's like, there are people like that, you know? So I... Yes, her character is frustrating beyond belief. Yeah, 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 but, of course. But I kind of, like, found the humor. But I also don't know that I ever typically found Marnie's character funny in any particular way, as much as I was just, 
oh, you're just one of those people that's like super smug, holier than thou. But meanwhile, it's like, but your entire house is broken. You throw a whole bunch of stones, but like you are living in a shit shack. Yeah. Of a spiritual house variety. I mean, we're not... We're not fully disagreeing, I guess. I just found it. No, I don't think we're disagreeing. I think you're just saying that you think that's funny. And I'm like, I don't really find the comic relief in that necessarily. Or at least well, not with Marnie's character it, and how Marnie was written. I wouldn't call it comic relief per se. But I would just say I get what they, what I think Lena Dunham was going for. You know, like so in that sense. Oh, sure. I could stomach it more. But I think yeah, 99- I mean, I'm not saying I don't know what she's going for. I'm just saying like most people what she's written. It, I'm just like, well, this is like annoying. Uh, I was but like just because I find it annoying doesn't mean I don't understand what she's trying to do. I think for me, the difference is this. Yeah, you understand what Lena Dunham was going for with Marnie. Everyone probably does. But for me, I, I know what she was going for with Jessa as well. But I found it. I found it much less, much more difficult to stomach Jessa than Marnie. Like, to me, I couldn't deal with Jessa at all in the first four seasons. But Marnie, I was like, eh, she's so stupid. Like, I just don't even care. Um, So I think that's that's what what I'm trying to say is. Yeah. You know what I think is actually funny? And this is me saying this having not ever watched Sex in the City. But you know how like in Sex in the City, people are like, who are you? Are you a Carrie or a Miranda? And that's like who define what kind of defines you as a not defines you as a lady, but like it's like, oh, okay, I can kind of see where you're coming from because you you associate with Carrie or you associate with Samantha. Mm -hmm. But I think the opposite is true on girls. It's like, who do you least like on girls and that kind of gives (laughs) you a better perspective of who you are as a person you dislike jessa more whereas like i don't like marnie well and i think it's just because in my own life i don't like people like marnie let me tell you how to live your life and meanwhile it's like but you're like, oh, you I don't can't follow stand these that rules either. House is broken. I, Whereas, like, people like Jessa, I don't really mind because it's like, yeah, you do a lot of messed up things, but you let me live my life. It's because Jessa's less judgmental yeah. than Marnie is. I find Marnie to be very judgmental, and I hate judgmental people. I do too. I hate them both, I think. But, but I'm like, that is a really funny thing. And listeners, you tell us who you hate the most on girls. Yeah. It's such a funny yeah. game because you're right. In Sex and the City, people tried to identify, although I never identified with any of them. But in girls, yeah, I, I hate people like Jessa and I hate people like Marnie. And I would never want to be friends with either of them. So, but if I had to choose, I, I don't know that I'd choose to rather hang out with Marnie because I really couldn't stand being around cool. someone who thinks that they yeah. know when they don't. Like, I've no, I've met so many people like right. that. And it's, that's what I'm saying. Like, worst. I could tell you, like, hands down, I would rather spend a day with Jessa than a day with Marnie. Jessa Just might be I more feel like fun I'm constantly because she's more real. Yeah, I also feel like Jessa, it wouldn't really... I feel like Marnie's very judgmental about, like, silly things, you know? I almost feel like the the pre-story to girls is Marnie probably gave Shoshana the complex that Shoshana had before she released herself from her complex in Japan. You think Marnie gave that to her? No, I'm just saying, like, in a... No, she's Jessa's cousin. Jessa's cousin, that's right. Um... 
Oh, I don't know. It is such a... I would not want to hang out with either Marnie or Jessa. But in terms of funny, I would rather... Okay, here's the thing. In real life, I would rather hang out with someone like Jessa rather than someone like Marnie. Watching a show, I'd rather laugh at someone like Marnie rather than Jessa because I don't think that Jessa's funny. I mean... I don't think that uh, watching her on the <laughs> I was show like, I don't think funny. either of them are funny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just can't stand either of them. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Guys, season five was just kind of a game changer. Overall, I feel like it was really fun to finally watch these kind of deplorable characters uh, kind of find themselves. And redeem themselves. And, re- and like redeem themselves and and like potentially re- redefine themselves next season. I can't end this episode without discussing the finale, too, though. Really quick, I just want to say the Jenny Slate and Lena Dunham episode, I loved so much. I wish Jenny Slate would be on the show more. That was so awesome. And a lot of people think that Jenny Slate was kind of mirroring how Lena Dunham autobiographically sort of feels in real life. And I loved that so much. And I thought it ended perfectly with that moth thing. And I just have to say, oh, that's right. I loved it. Yeah. The whole Fran boyfriend thing I found kind of boring. I didn't really care uh, about that. I'm just so glad that's done because Fran was very boring character. Yeah. It didn't really move no gracias Hannah to Fran. forward for me much. Oh, last thing I'm going to say is. It's almost as if like Fran served the opposite that like Elijah does where like Fran just made Hannah more annoying. Yeah. He, because yeah. Fran was like, I'm so square. And then Hannah would do something crazy. And you're just like, yeah, this girl is insane. Right. But then like you forget. It's like, no, the truth is like Hannah's insane. But also Fran is boring as fuck. Right. Yeah. I'm not even going to get into the annoying things that Hannah does. Like, I'm sorry. She did not have to flash her beave at the principal. She did not have to go to bed without underwear when she's at camp with her mom. It was just like gratuitous stuff. But I'm going to let it go. Whatever. But last, <laughs> yeah, because that's like another like hour yeah, long discussion. But last thing I'm going to say is that I love Adam Driver so much. I think that he's awesome. I love his character as crazy as he is. That fight scene with Jessa was incredible. It was also scary. That fight scene was ridden. really crazy. That fight scene was really crazy. I was actually really surprised that like <laughs> the episode didn't come with a trigger warning. Um, yeah. it was like, I just, I don't know how I felt about that, that fight scene. Although it was hard you know, to watch, I, but it was, well it was hard done. to watch and not in a physical space, but I, I have known couples that are hyper passionate about one another and they are arguing all the time. Mm-hmm. Either they're like verbally jousting with each other or like insulting one another and there's like a part of me that's I don't understand how this is love but I'm like I guess it works so cool and kudos not something Um, I'd ever want but some people it's not something I would ever want but it it. works for some people and god bless you if it works for you um but yeah I thought the finale was really great um I really liked just watching everybody Honestly, like, and this, again, could go into another hour-long discussion, but just the music on that show is just always expertly selected. Remember when um, they did the David Bowie song when Shoshana's in Japan and really sad? Girl, I talked about it before, but I think Ugh, I think the internet cover? made us break up for a second. That Bowie cover was just like, I, 
Yeah, I was very moved by that Bowie cover. I was very moved by that Bowie cover. Yeah, it was great. The song that they used to close out the finale, the uh, Frankie Valli Can't Take My Eyes Off of You track, uh, was just really nice. Like, it was just nice, such a nice song to kind of wrap everybody, uh, everybody's little growth spurt up. It was just nice. Nice job, Lena Dunham and It was just a real, yeah, I will say the only thing that I wasn't really crazy about in the finale was like, I wasn't really crazy about that, um, that freeze shot that happened at the end while she was running over the bridge. Yeah, it was uncharacteristic of how they shoot girls. I think it's uncharacteristic about how a lot of people shoot anything nowadays like i haven't seen that as a it's like an 80s enough- thing it's like the end of breakfast club you know yeah oh my god okay that's perfect yeah it was kind of like and it kind of took me out a little uh, bit and i was like oh i don't really i don't really like i don't really like it that it did but, kind of um, take me out although i did uh, you know what i'll say about that last shot okay minus you're right that still frame was a little uh it did kind of take me out of it but her just kind of like walking off it made me realize that I'm already sad for the entire series to end after next season. And I'm like, as up and down and as I've been about girls, like, I like the show. <laughs> yeah, well, because the thing is, oh, you guys, I like you now. Don't leave. Yeah. And they're like, no, we're leaving now. We've learned about ourselves and we're growing. So now we're leaving. And I'm like, but I but I just started liking you. <laughs> You redeemed yourself completely. You for redeemed me. yourself. I'm going to so be really sad you, when it yeah. ends next season, and I'm really excited for next season. But I will be bummed. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious to see how it all wraps up. But I will also say that I'm kind of glad that they're killing it off after six. I mean, it's just like I think, yes. I, like as much as I think this season is really good, it's kind of nice to know that it's closing off next season because it's like great, you're going out with a bang and not with oh, here are these girls like continuing to be. Uh, frustrating yeah so. you know and in relating to other shows there's been a handful lately where I've thought I love this show so much but you just need to stop after three seasons or be like BBC and just have few episodes per series or season you know or just just call it right right it's it was so good it's and right. Or it's just like, oh, this is like really popular. So I'm going to keep going with right. it. Yeah, I think that's in general. That's true. I think especially for scripted stuff. Yeah, I think after a while, it's just like, oh, let's explore this story arc. And you're just like, no, no so, like, don't yeah. do not do that. So I'm glad it's but, ending. But um, I mean, yeah, me too. It should end, but um, I liked it. But guys, overall, season five, girls, tell us what you thought. Tweet at us. Let us know who your least favorite girl is. Please, um, I'm so curious. Tell us, tell us what you think might happen for season six. I'm really curious about your thoughts. I know Dip is too. Um, we are doing this uh, new little ending to the show where we very briefly chat about other things that we're watching really quick that we won't do an entire show about. Dip, what you got? Well, um, Veep just started uh, the newest season and I'm, it's like, perfect again even though armando yanucci or however you say his name isn't at the helm of it anymore it's still so good and so perfect but also i watched i have just the season finale left but um catastrophe season two just came out on amazon and that's worth watching you know the rob delaney show uh i don't know anything about catastrophe it's amazon prime and there's just two seasons. The second season, it's literally six episodes. It's also like a, it's a British show. Like Rob Delaney is an American comedian and he 
marries or he impregnates a Irish British woman and they have baby and it's about their lives it's called catastrophe anyways it's a cute show it's really easy just you can binge it in a night it's just it'd be like if you're just staying in or it's raining or bad weather or you're sick just binge catastrophe on Amazon Prime and that's on Amazon yeah. Prime okay cool that's what I'd recommend. have to check it out what, are, what about you um I am in the process of uh, re-watching Getting On, which oh. is also on HBO. Um, and I really love that show, except that I wasn't very vigilant about watching the uh, the season that just ended. Um, so I have decided I'm just going to really quickly just... I think this was season three. Um, and so Getting On is based on a BBC show, and it takes place in a palliative care unit of a hospital um, and it's got really great actors in it. Um, it's so good. It's got, it's really well oh, done. So it's probably the one show that I legitimately think is actually funny. Veep is also very funny, but I, I think getting on is interesting because I will simultaneously like laugh in one scene and then just be weeping in another scene because of the mortality of life and the <laughs> beauty that the world brings um but so yes so they are they are nurses and doctors at a palliative care uh facility in a hospital and it just deals with like the inner workings of the hospital and then also dealing with these patients who are on death's door they're like dying and stuff um so it yeah so it like balances itself out funny and very serious and sad and it's just such a great cocktail for me and i really like that show and you guys should check it out it's really good it's also on HBO. It's awesome. It's I think one of the most underrated shows. Yeah, absolutely. Nobody I think talks definitely about underrated. It. Nobody talks about it and it's just really well written. It's really well done. It's really well acted. It's funny. It's sad. It's sweet. Yeah. It's yeah, it's just it's great. I really love it. So check that out, you guys. Um, um well, let me give the let me give them ways yeah, to contact. Give them us. a sweet sweet, sweet info. Dip. All right. So you can email us at gmail and that's the obsession sessions podcast at gmail.com and you can tweet at us at obsession pod and really mainly i just kind of want to know who you hate most on girls um do you hate watch girls uh what are your thoughts tell us email us or tweet us whatever yeah. space what did you think about you season want? five tell us what you're thinking about season six Tell us everything. Just- Who's your favorite character? Let's not be so negative. Yeah. Let's not be so yeah, negative. Yeah, it's true. All right, guys. Well, we'll be back soon with another episode. As always, give us your suggestions for what you'd like for us to talk about. And we'll try That's and see right. what we can do and do our best. And we're trying to, again, not do everything about law and true crime, even though we end up doing that. <laughs> This is our first one that's not crime related. (laughs) Yay. Um, So, yeah, we'll see you soon, everyone. All right. Thanks for joining us. Bye. All right. Bye. Oh, how about now? Yeah, I can hear you, but you're breaking up. Hello? Hello? Yeah. Hello? Yeah. Okay. You there? See, your face. Okay, now you're back. Um, I'm just going to go into the next thing.